Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. What does it mean to run to win? Well, I think it's different for everyone, and we're going to talk about that today. We're also going to discuss a lesson that I learned while rafting down the Okoe River. And of course, we're going to talk about a whole lot more. And joining me once again is Ron, Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It's been a good week. You know, we had a cross-country meet just yesterday, and it was so cool because the meet yeah. was in the morning. Yeah, Ooh, it was nice. It was yeah, great. It's right around here. Hey, yeah. I wanted to give you a, a congratulations. Um, so you sent us some statistics last week, and in basically three or so years, we had gotten to a, a X number of downloads. Mm-hmm. And since the first of the year, we've almost increased that by 40%. Yeah. Just since the first of the year. Yeah. It's been... And that's uh, that's pretty incredible. You work hard on this. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people hear you, but they don't see what you do behind the scenes. And that's getting it online, getting it in the right places, make sure it make sure it sounds right. You're the audio engineer, you're the producer, you're the DJ, you're everything <laughs> Run Club podcast, and I just want to say thank you. Well, uh, right here well, in front of everybody you. because it's a it's a big deal. We're up there, you know, we're not to Joe Rogan level yet. Maybe <laughs> we will be one day. Who knows? <laughs> but we're up there in the top, I don't know, we we saw the numbers one time. Uh, top percentages. Yeah, of we're podcasts. in the top ten percent, I think. And uh, like that. now that sounds yeah. a lot better than it actually is. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's a test. Most podcasts fail. That's right. And we're still here yapping every week. So yeah. Thanks thank, for what you do. Well, and thank you to everybody out there who yeah. plugs us in yeah, every week and it, keep sharing it. It's 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 all because people share it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we, we wouldn't be where we're at without people. We we do our parts behind the scenes. Yeah. But without people on the other side of this microphone listening, we would just be talking to microphones. Yeah. And that would be no fun. Yeah. You know, I was looking last night. There's one particular episode that I can't figure out why it was so big. But episode number 169, if you're out there listening, for whatever reason. Remind me what that episode was. It was waving the white flag and blessings disguised I, I can't remember exactly what the name of it was but it didn't didn't seem it's to be an anomaly it didn't seem to be unusual but we have a hundred more downloads of that particular episode than any other episode hmm. so it's really strange yeah and uh but that's good who knows it's good yeah all right before we get started let's talk about this week's sponsor again we can't do what we do without them and this week's sponsor is superior plumbing and electrical Superior Plumbing and Electrical has the best service for all your plumbing and electrical needs. They do commercial, industrial, and residential. They service Calhoun and all the surrounding areas right here in North Georgia. You can find them on Facebook at Superior Plumbing and Electrical Systems, Inc. today. So thanks to Russell and Brandon and Christian and the whole team there. I know these guys um, personally. They're actually going to be doing the plumbing and wiring on, on our house. You know, Holly and I are are doing a big downsize um 
and uh, we're about to get that whole process started. So uh, thanks to those guys. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Absolutely. Uh, because we simply can't do what we do without them. Absolutely. Russell and Brandon, huh? Yeah. Seems like Russell Brand uh, has been in the news a lot lately. Really? <laughs> well, you know, do you know who Russell Brand is? I have no idea. Uh, he's is. a guy from, anyway, he's been accused of a lot of stuff. And he's being canceled and all that oh, good well, stuff. Oh, it's not and, this Russell No, no, no. These guys. This is Russell and Brandon. Yeah, this, yeah, this is Russell <laughs> and Brandon, who are way better than right. Russell Brand. Yeah, I don't know but, who Russell Brand is. Yeah. It sounds like he's. He's gotten himself into some hot water and it's it's all crazy stuff. But that we're not going to get into all that. I'm sure. proud that I don't know who that is. That is good. That means I'm, impressive. I'm plugging more and more. You which are. Which I'm trying to. For sure. I can't believe to. you haven't heard I that. I get sucked story. back in every now and then with a the story. But, <laughs> you know. Well, let's share a Facebook post from somebody who is another person who's a big part of what we do. And I'm, mm-hmm. I know that she listens to this podcast every week. And that's from Kimberly Ann sleep uh she said the weather was perfect for a 5k today such a fun race it was an 80s throwback race and i managed to get third place in my age group today so super duper happy about that plus i have amazing running friends and ran into two of our four uh run for god walton county members tracy lynn cronin and emily cronin by the way emily placed in her age group too due to covid I started doing a one-minute uh, one minute run, 30-second walk, and I actually had better time, a better time than when I run more, just a little over an 11-minute pace, 33.26. I've been so busy training for my long run coming up, I was losing the fun. But today, I got to have fun and represent Run for God. Don't you forget about me. Now, who else has this 80s song from the Breakfast Club stuck in their heads? Happy Saturday, y'all. <laughs> so I'm thinking I should know what Don't You Forget About Me means. Yeah, it's a song. You never heard that song? I don't, I don't know. Don't you forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, now, All right. Now that is in my head. I cannot <laughs> believe that I just sang on the <laughs> podcast. All right. Our ratings <laughs> just went down. <laughs> I ruined it all. Uh, no, I won't do that again, I promise. So, um, but this sounds like fun, right? I would love to. I've never seen an 80s themed um, race, but that would be fun. Have you noticed that it's all coming back? Yeah. it's That's another song that just went into my head. It's all coming yeah. back to me now. Anyway, <laughs> it's what was um, Lane come out the other morning and he had on white tube socks. Oh, Lord. You know, he it's. For years, it's been the the ankle. What do you call them? Footies, no shows, no shows, whatever. Yeah. And he come out and he's wearing these uh, like calf high white tube socks. And I said, "What are you wearing?" <laughs> he's like, "What?" I mean, he, you know, he's trying to play it off. I'm like, yeah. "You have never wore something like that." But evidently, all that that's coming back around. Oh my goodness! You know, it's uh. Before long, we're going to be wearing stonewashed jeans and I guess so. uh, tight rolling and the Sebagos <laughs> with the curly cues on the end. Oh, you remember all that stuff? Yeah. I know you do. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, funny. it's just funny how, because it's not like somebody said, there's nothing new that's really being invented anymore. No, it's there's just, not. We're going in circles now. Yeah, even movies are regenerations of the old movies. And I songs. Mean, I told Holly the other night, because every once in a while, I, I, I mean, my, my, my throwback is country music. I, I, I'm a country music fan. But now it's like the new country music singers 
are just remixing and remaking all of the country songs that I grew up on. And I'm yeah. like, learn your own stuff, yeah. you know, write your own stuff. But they're just, <laughs> and they're becoming number one hit. That There's a country song that went number one a few weeks ago, and it was the Tracy Chapman, uh, what is that? Fast Dr- Car. Fast Car. Did you know this? I did not. It was number one on the country charts, and it's a guy that just brought it back and sang it. It went number wow. one. Wow. And I, I think to it's to the first like song. song ever to go number one at separate times by different people in different genres. So okay. Which is pretty cool. That's, that is but pretty cool. Yeah, you're right. There's just it's, We're in a circle now. <laughs> yeah. Well, she talks about having COVID here, and they, we've had a number of people who have had COVID recently, and uh, it can be tough to get over as a runner. I know I had it here not too long ago, and it took me a little – a matter of fact, I'm not sure that my breathing is still where it needs to be. Um, I was telling the cross-country team the other day that I kind of had to force myself to run in my easy zone, and it felt hard. Um, yesterday was that way. And, um, that's just, it, I'm just, and it's just mostly breathing. So, mm-hmm. um, but she also talks about doing this run walk method and that's kind of what I wanted to focus on a little bit here. Um, there's a couple of things I want to say about this first. Um, if you feel guilty for try, cause I've heard a lot of people say they don't want to walk and mm-hmm. they feel guilty for doing a run walk method. If that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. then do it. Um, but the second thing I also want to say is you also need to realize that you don't have to do that. There are a number of people also mm-hmm. who are run-walk folks who think it's the only way they can do it. Sure. And that's not true either. Um, again, if that's what you want to do, that's great. But don't talk yourself into believing you don't have a choice, right? Um, now, it, it's going to take more mental fortitude mm-hmm. to run uh, the whole way. Um, and it'll be difficult, but you can do the whole thing I- in either case. Um, and a lot of times when people say they cannot do it, um, it's usually because they're e- A, trying to run too fast while they're running, or B, they're willing to give in too easily to that discomfort of, of running hard. Um, but I keep coming back to this again and again. If, you, if that's what you want to do, then have at it enjoy it it, embrace it you know and i think a lot of people think well if i do run walk then people are going to look down on me well let me ask you this if you're thinking about doing the run walk method or you do the run walk method do you look down on walkers Mm -hmm. you don't Mm -hmm. and so why would anybody look down on you right right so don't 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 believe that if that little voice is in your head saying you're less than you're not you're not enjoy it if that's what you want to do yeah for right. sure. Yeah, I mean, we've we've been trying hard over the past few years to dispel this notion that if you're a walker, you're somehow lesser than. Mm-hmm. It's just not true. I'm I'm a walker now. You know, I still run occasionally, um, but what I'm what I'm enjoying right now is walking, and I'm getting great exercise. Uh, you can get just as sore if that's what you like, because I do. I'm one of those guys that I I like to feel it. The yeah. night that that night, you know, yeah. my wife says I'm weird in that way. I think you're probably the same way. Yeah. You like to feel kind of the the fruits of your labor. Yep. Um, I don't know if that would be fruits of your labor, but you know what I'm saying. It's you like to feel what you've done, and you can do that in walking. And if that's what you want to do, then embrace it. You know, fly that flag and say I am a walker. You know, we're we're actively talking about some more things that we're we're going to do to really put walkers out there. Uh, in this ministry and it's because we see the value in it some people 
just don't want to run and they've taken that and allowed it to they just become sedentary because it's like well if i don't run then i can't do anything and that's right. just not true yeah many many people enjoy walking that that don't like running now i enjoy running but i'm just doing walking right now but some people they don't enjoy running they'll be yep. up front with you about that yep embrace the walking yeah because it's getting you moving yeah. and that's what's important yeah well you know debbie is is in is in the boat of you know because of the lung issues she's right. got running is 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 probably too much for her lungs and so but she gets out there and walks every single day mm -hmm. and so um, yeah embrace whatever it is you can do she would love to be able to run sure. but she can't so right. she doesn't but she does something mm -hmm. right. Well, we had a trivia question for last week, and this was the trivia question. There was a run, running boom in the 1970s in many countries of the world. It was most pronounced in the USA. What event is credited with kicking off the running boom of the 1970s in the USA? Of course, there were a couple of things. Well, there are several things that came together all at the same time to start the running boom. But the one thing that is most often associated with kicking off the running boom in the United States is the 1972 Olympic marathon win by Frank Shorter. Um, Frank Shorter, he was an American. He got everybody really, he, he won and he got everybody really excited about running because, you know, I, I guess up to that point, you know, a long time ago, we had some people who were successful um, on at the Olympic level, but mostly in the shorter events and the the marathoners that we had that were pretty good was way back in the 20s and 30s and, and at a time when if you were a runner, you were weird, mm -hmm. right? But what set all of this up was in the 1960s, you had Arthur Lydiard and you had, um, who's the other guy, that uh, the Bowerman. Hmm. who um, th they were talking about jogging and how good it was for you. And um, they got, they, they kind of destigmatized mm -hmm. running, if, 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 if you want to call it that. And then around 1970, there were some big races. The Peachtree Road Race started in 1970. The New York City Marathon started in 1970. So some of these big races started around that time. And then, boom, then the the olympic marathon comes up and all of a sudden all these things come together and and everybody's excited about running hmm. and uh, i mean it was a boom it was a huge 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 thing um people so many more people started running um around that time so and of course there's it is said that there is a has been a second running boom in the 90s and early 2000s because race numbers for a lot of races just went crazy at that time um, the number of races out there went really crazy um, but ultimately the running boom started with the 1972 olympic marathoner frank shorter was a really special guy um, he actually finished seventh or second in 1976 but the word you know the, he was never tested but Wal waldemar chirpinski is the guy that won the olympic marathon in 1976 and um lots of of allegations and situations where it sure seems like he was probably being enhanced in his running chemically hmm. so um probably frank shorter probably should have won two olympic gold medals yeah so, but great runner. So I got a, uh, <clears throat> I just pulled this up because of what you were talking about, the running booms. I, I pulled up an article that somebody sent to me 
um, yesterday it was in the New York Times and it's talking about the growth of run clubs. Um, and it's, uh, it says running clubs have become popular in cities around the world, helping people make friends and even meet their spouse. And it talk, huh. goes on to talk about social running, creating community, quick bonding and friendships. And I'm sitting here thinking, we've been doing this for years now. Yeah. And uh, it's, 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 it's kind of validating to see, not that I, I don't really know what to think about New York Times. I, I know some of them are on one side and some of them there. I don't know where New York Times stands. Anyway, it's pretty cool to see that yeah. this is being talked about in some of these big papers because we know this to be true. What do we say over what is the what is the single most common word we hear when we, we hear people talking about run club? Community. The, the community, yeah. 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 And um, so I don't know, that was that was a pretty cool read. I'll I'll send yeah. this to you. I actually had it starred to send it to you. Um but yeah, yeah, that's it's a, great. a great article. Well, I'm not a big fan of the New York Times, but they do a really good job with, with covering running. Sure. And, and always have. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. We're back, and <clears throat> we're still looking for stories. Um, if you haven't sent your story in, um, do it. We we did have I had a couple come in this past this weekend, and so we've got a few that are kind of stacked up right now. But um, they run out so quick; it's just amazing to me. I feel like we get and feel like we get plenty, and we should have this big stockpile of stories, but we don't. Right. And it's funny how God just kind of trickles them in just as we need it's them just we it, need them it, so what do you think is the number one reason people don't submit their stories because it's not for a lack of stories we know that no. we know that everybody has a story and probably everybody has a story that they would like to tell but what do you think is the number one reason that people don't submit it i think the number one reason is like yesterday debbie and i went i tore out i had a shower in our in our basement bathroom and i tore that shower out because we had some water issues with it and we just needed to take it. So we tore the whole thing out over a year ago. We just went and bought a new shower to put in there <laughs> to reinstall yesterday. It's just time, right? Yeah. It's just not high on the priority list. And so uh, you just need some time to do it. But um, at some point in time, you just got to go, okay, I'm just going to make time mm -hmm. and you just got to do it. And that's what we did yesterday. And I think that's what people do with their stories. I think it could be more than that. For a lot of people, it could be that it's the fear. You yeah, because it's you are kind of putting yourself out there, but we have to understand that when we put ourselves out there, God will use that. God will use us in our yeah. our uncomfort, our when we're out of our comfort zone, and people are fearful fearful of what are the people going to think. You know, the devil makes them think you're the only one that has dealt with this, especially when it comes to some of our. Um, more traumatic stories, I guess. I guess that's the right word that we've heard in the past. But you got to understand, 
people need to hear that. Yeah. Some people need to hear your story, no matter how vanilla you think it is, no matter how tragic it might be. If it's if it's a story where ultimately God was glorified, especially if it was some kind of tragic situation that you rose out of or someone you knew you rose out of, chances are there's somebody listening to this that is in that situation now. Yep. And they need to hear that. And that's yeah. why it's so important. Yes, we love talking about your stories, but it's more than that. These stories are important. Mm-hmm. And it's because God will use them to draw people to him. And yep. that's that's what we've seen over and over and over. We're on 184 now. Um, if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be sitting here still. That's right. Yeah, so that's right. Submit your story. Good point. Well, do you think a lot of runners are obsessed with running early in the morning? I was reading a post recently, and it talked about people that are obsessed with running in the morning. And I think some people are. I'm but, not. Uh, I'm not either. I never have been much of a morning runner. But I know folks that are. Um, and this guy in particular was saying he didn't under, he understood why people might be obsessed with running early in the summertime, you know, when it's much cooler in the morning. Uh, but he didn't understand why people would do that in the wintertime. And I thought, I, I guess, but um, I, I mean, it all comes down to when you've got time for me, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like I do my best work in the mornings. Like I think better in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And so it's better for me to do as much work as I can as soon as I get up right. because my brain seems to be working the best at that time. And that's how I think for, for some other people that may not be the case. But <laughs> And when your brain slows down and stops working, that's more beneficial when you're running. That's right. <laughs> so it kind of works that way. That's right. That's right. I remember when I had a normal, regular schedule of, you know, it wasn't 9 to 5. It was like 6.30 to 5. And um, – but I remember leaving work to go to run, and it was so therapeutic. Mm-hmm. After all day, it was just I loved to go for a run right after work, and so that's what I would do because I worked in Dalton. You know, it's 15 miles away from here, and so I would leave work, change, run in Dalton, and then come home, and um, I, I enjoyed that. And I don't mind the heat. So a lot of people don't like to. Uh, they don't like to run and then go to something else, that, that sweaty mm-hmm. thing, but I don't mind. I mean, I'll clean up a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. want to stink. But, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't worry about that. Run, run when you feel like it. All right. Well, I love this story because he talks about meeting a great professional runner, um, and there's a good lesson in here too. This comes from Rich Glass, and it's called Run to Win. Here's an odd question. Who would you put on your proverbial U.S. marathoners Mount Rushmore? In other words, who are your top four American marathoners of all time? Most would agree on three. Bill Rogers won four Boston and four New York City marathons. Frank Shorter won Olympic gold in Munich and Olympic silver in Montreal. Joan Benoit Samuelson won the first women's Olympic marathon in L.A. in 1984 and continued to push the marathon envelope well into her 50s and 60s. So who would be number four? Maybe Alberto Salazar? Perhaps Ryan Hall? What about Galen Rupp? For me, the answer is clear. It's the man I met in December of 2019. His name is Meb Kofleski. Meb was born in war-torn Eritrea in Africa. His family immigrated to the U.S. when he was 12. He is a naturalized U.S. citizen. 
He is the only American male to ever win an Olympic medal, silver in 2004 in Athens, and the Boston and New York City marathons. His 2014 Boston victory came the year after the bombing. He was also 38 years old. Two years later, he qualified for the 2016 Olympics in Rio and did push-ups after crossing the finish line. I met Meb at the expo the day before the Dallas Marathon. He had his own autograph table. The line was relatively short. Most of the would-be marathoners just walked on by, unaware that they were in the presence of greatness. That was a personal blessing. I was able to spend extended time talking with this humble, soft-spoken Christian whose faith is a testimony of what God can do to help his followers overcome injuries and other setbacks. I was pursuing a stretch goal and asked him for running advice. I was expecting something profound, maybe a series of tips that would propel me to achieve that goal. Instead, his simple counsel consisted of three words, run to win. It's Meb's mantra, his philosophy for life. He wrote that on the autographed picture that hangs on the wall next to my work desk, a daily reminder. I must confess, I was a bit disappointed. Over time, I have seen the wisdom of Meb's advice. What does run to win mean? Win at all costs? Do whatever it takes, including bending the rules to get first place? Not at all. Meb had a different idea in mind. Run to win means getting the best out of yourself. Stated another way, the only person you're really competing against is the person you were yesterday. If you can do a little better than that fellow, you will win. Here is what Meb wrote in his book, Run to Overcome. No matter how young or old you are, you can always set and achieve new goals. Never give up. Running to win looks different for each person. First place or a podium finish or a new PR or maybe just finishing. No matter what it is, we can all run to win. So did I achieve that stretch goal at my next marathon? No, but that's the wrong question. Did I win my next marathon? The answer is yes. The Apostle Paul had a similar idea that he tried to convey to the Corinthian church. In chapter 9, he likened the Christian life to running a race. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Unlike a race, the good thing about the Christian life is that we all get the prize, a crown that will last forever. So, dear brother or sister in Christ, never forget your, your goal each time you lace up those running shoes and each morning when your first foot hits the floor. The goal is three simple words, run to win. It's a great story, Rich. Yeah, I've heard, I've, I've heard of several people talk about meeting Meb and how humble and nice of a guy he is. Yeah, that's that's what I and and you know he's got a great testimony. Yeah, um, he, you know he did come from from Eritrea where things were not good when he left that country. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I like this idea too that he talks about the Mount Rushmore of. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you, you'd like to put Meb on there just because of his Christian faith and, and the way he just represents the sport of running. Um, so maybe I would put him on there. I my feeling has always been that the the greatest American marathoner is probably alberto salazar mm-hmm. um, but i know there's a lot of 
controversy surrounding him. Do you agree with his top three? I do agree with his top three. I don't think there's any question about those top three Mm -hmm. at all. Um, Yeah, I think those top three are no-brainers. So what is it about Alberto Salazar that you would put him up there? I think Alberto Salazar pushed himself harder than any runner that's ever lived. And by proof of that is, you know, he ran a race one time and almost died Hmm. um, because he he ran so hard that his temperature um, got – it, 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 his body almost cooked itself. So he was kind of the prefontaine of distance running. He was. He was. Yeah. Um, and he was. You know, one of the things about Alberto, I've heard stories of where people met him on um, Priest Trail there in mm-hmm. Oregon, wearing a full mask on his face to simulate altitude, hmm. because he, he was always trying to find that edge, which is, of course, what led him to the, re- the reason he's banned from coaching now is because he pushed that edge a little too far yeah he pushed that edge a little bit too far and and so um anyway i think that's cool well here's and here's a good example of what running to win looks like we have this girl on the cross-country team at the high school her name's aubrey aubrey is not a fast runner and aubrey and i think it was her second or her third practice told me she was just gonna have to quit Mm -hmm. and i looked at her and said you're not gonna quit and she i said why do you want to why did you come out here to start with? And she said, well, her parents thought that she wasn't good at following through and finishing things and, and mm. doing things. And I said, and quitting is going to help that perception? Yeah. And, of course, she looked at me like, no, and she's crying the whole time. And I said, here's what you're going to do. If you want to change their mind, you have to change your mind. Yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, Aubrey ran another PR. She's down to 33 minutes for 5K. Um, she started out around 40 minutes in her first 5K. And she's just, I mean, she's really working hard. For her, Saturday was a huge win. Giant, yeah. I mean, an enormous win. Now, she finished in the last, I don't know, 20 people in the race. But that was a win for her. Yeah. And so that's the difference between that. That's what winning looks like for her. For somebody else, it may be crossing the line first. You know, it's pretty cool about at least at least the the cross country team that we're associated with. And I haven't been as plugged in this year as years in past. I've had a few things going on, but do you realize in the past two years we've had the valedictorian, the salutatorian, and this year we got the homecoming queen. Yeah, this is our second homecoming queen in the last. That's three right. Years. It is. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Litsy, the homecoming queen, she's the girl you've probably heard me talk on here before. Yeah. She started running, was it last year? Or was it the year before last? Might have been the year before last. What and it, anyway, she got done. She she got done with a four mile run. And I never met Litsy. It was her, it may have still been in the summer. And I was talking to her at the end of one of the runs. And I'm like, you did a, a great job. I said, how, how much have you been running? And she said, I've, I've never run before. Yeah. I said you just ran four miles and you've never ran before yeah and she's doing great yeah but to see i mean to see her i think cross country running has given her confidence in so many areas of her life yeah. it's just it's really cool to see i guess some of the accolades outside of cross country that some of these runners are getting and it's because of what we talked about mm-hmm. you know if you can learn the discipline and gain the confidence in the sport that will bleed over to so many other areas of your life. And it's 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 funny how we see that with these kids yeah. sometimes. Yeah, it is. 
1 Corinthians 9, 24-25 Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. We've been through this verse before. Um, but this time my mind kind of went to settling. Like, um, you know, Paul's here. Paul here, he's talking about not settling for a participation ribbon, mm-hmm. right? Uh, winning, again, looks different for all of us as we've already established. Um, but in our Christian walk, it's about doing our absolute best as Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't help but think about all those people who, you know, they get they go to a road race and they're just there to finish. They just want a medal. Nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. in running. Mm-hmm. There is something wrong with that in our Christian walk. In our Christian walk, we, we're not looking for participation ribbons. We're, we're looking for doing our best because God gave his best for us. And so that's incumbent upon us to me for us to do our absolute best for him. And that's what winning looks like, I think. And I think sometimes, a lot of times, um, we get into this habit of settling for for things and we can't let that happen in our Christian walk. We can't mm-hmm. just settle for just being in church on Sunday. We gotta we gotta take that further. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a, a book that you and I are both actually reading right now called The Infinite Game and how so many times we allow ourselves to get kind of into a finite mindset. And, you know, especially in running, you see this all the time. People will they'll get into running, they'll train for this event, they'll be doing great, they'll be losing weight, they'll be getting healthy. The event comes, they hit the time that they want to hit in that event. And because their mind was so finite, because it was so focused on when I get to that thing, I'm checking it off. The next day, they're out of the sport. Yeah. And so many times we do that in our Christian walk. Oh, that's true. You know, we have this thing, you know, I'm going to go to church every day in 2024. And we do that. Or you see people that do that and then they're out of it. Or for whatever thing, they put this end goal when there is no end. Yeah. You know, we're not done here on earth until God says we're done. You shouldn't be done with the sport of running or walking or staying healthy. You should never be done with that. It's an infinite game. And we have to do things that keep our mindset engaged that way because if we allow it to have an end date, we're going to let that end date end it. Yeah. And we just can't do that. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. We've heard this one before. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hmm. We have to run to win despite the fact that it's going to be hard um there there's an easier path right mm-hmm. it, the easier path is to not live for christ it's, sure. it's easier um because that's that's taking the path of least resistance very often and especially in today's world but we have to purposefully choose that harder path mm-hmm. right um and as this verse points out we have great role models to look at to to see what it is that we should do and how we should do things. We've seen people who have sacrificed uh, 
their lives for the cause of Christ. Uh, you can't help but think about you know Billy Graham and people who have just um, that th- we have modern day people surrounding us for us to model our, ourselves after. For me, uh, you know Debbie is a is a role model for me. Mm-hmm. She she changes the way that I look at things because she's so black and white and so simple in the way her faith is mm-hmm. and. A lot of times we like to complicate things and make it harder than it is, and she makes it look like it's just simple, and and that has changed me. And so we've got so many people around us. It's funny that you said that about Debbie because the 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 thought that was just going through my mind is exactly that: how we complicate things and we put these finite goals out there. But let, let me ask you a question: which is better for all the people out there struggling with? I enjoy walking. But I know running's probably better. I'm saying that in air quotes. But I really don't like to run. Let me let me ask you a question. Which is better? To start walking today and walk every day or five times a week for the rest of your life? Or to start running today with a goal of doing a sub twenty minute five K? You hit your goal and then you never run again. Which is better? No question, the walker. The walking. Yeah. It's simple. It's, yep. it's what you know that you enjoy. You're not trying to be something that you're not. Mm-hmm. And when you enjoy it, you're going to stick with it. We do the same thing in our walk with Christ sometimes. You know, keep it simple. Kiss. You know, which is better? Is it better to get up every morning, talk to God, read our Bible, and live a life that is, is, shines God's light to everybody around us? Or is it better to have this goal of seminary and we do every deep diving Bible study we can get our hands on so much that that becomes an idol to us? Mm. The act of doing these studies can become an idol to us because we feel like we have to prove something, not to God, but to the people around us. And you get to the point and you burn out and you're out of your walk. Mm. Yep. Which is better. It's, it's better to keep it simple. That's now, right. that is not saying that you don't hear what I'm not saying. That's not saying that you shouldn't do studies, but we've talked about this before. So many people, they get into running, and they set this incredibly crazy, and I'm not saying an incredibly crazy hard goal is bad, but you set yourself up for something that's not sustainable. Yeah. And sometimes we do that in our walk with Christ. We set ourselves up for something that is not sustainable. Yeah. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That's, yeah. that's a picture of simplicity. Yeah. You know, you, we need to talk to God and we need to hear from God daily. That's praying and reading his word and living out our faith in front of a lost and dying world. But so many times we feel like that's not good enough, just like walking is not good enough. Yeah. Yes, it is. Now, yeah. if you want to run, great. We've got a program for that. Yep. If you want to do a deep dive into theology, there's theological seminaries all across the country. Mm-hmm. But where we get in trouble so many times is we try to force this stuff. Yeah. And we force ourselves out of the sport, out of ministry, out of church. Yeah. We just did too much, too soon, too fast, the terrible twos. Yeah, I'm, That's just now hitting me. Yep. We do the same thing in running. 
Yep. And sometimes we do the same thing in our walk with Christ. Keep it simple. Amen. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I think we had that one last week. And, of course, again, no, no matter what winning looks like to you, um, you won't give up if you're always striving to do to, to, to win. For Aubrey, you know, she's still working on not walking at all during a race. I don't think she's gone without walking at least a little bit, mm-hmm. right? So she's still working on that. She's going to get there. Um, you know, for another person, it may be running under 20 minutes for a 5K. Sure. We're, we're, all, we're all different. But the, the main thing is, is that we don't become tired of pursuing that goal. Mm-hmm. You remember Kennedy? Yeah. You know, she was at the race this weekend. Yeah, good, she was. She was her. She was the valedictorian, wasn't she? Or was she the salutatorian? She, I think she, I can't remember. I think she was. She was she one was the and, and, and the yeah. Hispanic girl. What's her name? She One of them was valedictorian, one of them was salutatorian. Yeah. But they were both on the same cross country team. They were both team. on the same cross country team. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But, but Kennedy was, you know, she was a 40 minute 5K runner the first time she went out and ran. She, could, <laughs> yeah. she couldn't walk, she couldn't run 100 yards when she, the first day she came out there. And she had her brother that was on the cross country team was kind of hanging over her. Yeah, she wound up running four years, and she wound up winning a region championship eventually. Yeah. But the thing about the thing about Kennedy is she was always focused on doing a little bit better. Right, always pressing. She always had her foot on the gas. Sure, right. I think that's what that's saying. Question: How might you apply the run to win philosophy to your Christian walk? This is going to sound so counter this question, but I'm going to say you don't. We've already won. That's a good point. To, to say win is putting some kind of back to this book that we're reading. It's putting some kind of finite ending out there, and that's not what we're called to do. We've already won. Scripture says we have already won this race. The question is, how are we going to run it? And and maybe that is where the, the whole 1 Corinthians verse comes from, run in such a way as to win. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I think it's, it's... It's a good point. I don't know how to fully explain what I'm trying to say, but I think it's, it's, it's an ongoing process. There is, no, there is no end date. Right. We can't have an end date. The end date's when God says, come on home. That's the end. Yeah. I think about the, the run to win philosophy is, you know, we, we, the Bible tells us to go out and make disciples. We are to talk to other people. We are to share Christ with people. And sometimes that can get discouraging mm-hmm. because very often we meet up with people who are very resistant. We, we're sure. constantly being rebuffed in our attempts to share Christ with others. And when that happens, it, it's hard, right, to, mm-hmm. to keep going. But in the end, if we keep in mind that we've won, regardless of what that person's decision is we've done our part by um, being faithful to what god wants us to do and you know that's up to them and yeah yeah, our heart hurts for them and it's hard to watch Um, but yeah i think that that keeping that in mind helps us to again keep our foot on the gas and keep working holly likes to give the example when we're when talking about this to people that um Mark Yoho came. I don't. I don't. I don't remember if you were with us. Were you with us when we had the second instructor summit in Chattanooga? 
Yeah. Were you ever, okay. Mm-hmm. When Mark Yoho came and he gave a talk to all the instructors and he said, you, when, when witnessing to people, when sharing the gospel, you have to look at yourself as a mailman. You know, you can, you can reject what the mailman brings. It's called, I don't even remember what they call it. They would write it on the envelope. You could reject a letter. Well, if the mailman comes in and brings a stack of mail and you say, that's not my mail, take it back and reject it. Do you think the mailman gets upset? They don't care. He's delivering the mail. Yeah. And we have to look at rejection just like somebody returns a letter. Return it's not on us. Yeah. But we put all of that on ourselves. And, and God says, do, don't do that. Yeah. We're, we're simply the mailman. We're simply delivering. We're simply showing the good news. And if people reject that, that's on them, not us. But so many times we put it on us and we allow ourselves to get discouraged and ultimately stop sometimes. We do. We do. I think running to win, too, from um, both a, a physical and a Christian standpoint, is it's, it's a process, right so every day i go out and i go run Mm -hmm. and it's a process of just keeping on keeping the car between the lines and keeping on going and and pressing hard sometimes and sometimes coasting but 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 always moving forward Mm -hmm. and again i've talked about before systems over goals i have a goal sure but i've got to keep in order to get to that goal it's like it's like using a map i've got to stay on that that path and that's my system that map is my system to get there and um, I think that's what running to win looks like. And again, it, for the for the Christian, it's the same thing. We already know what our destination is, but the path to get there is is one that um, you know. Sometimes you might drive through some towns you may not like, but you got to go through them anyway because it's on the map, and you got to go through there. And and we just have to keep going, no matter what it is. Um, and, and again, some days there's times where we got to we got to push on the pedal pretty hard, and it's hard. And then other days, you know, it's it's kind of a uh, just trying to be a good example to others. Yeah, I just did a uh, I just recorded a little devotion um, for the upward team for a few weeks from now, and I was talking about the the parable of the talents mm. and how the master he gave um, uh, one servant. F- five bags of gold he gave one servant two bags of gold and he gave one servant one bag of gold and when the master came back the servant that had the five bags produced five more bags the servant that had two bags produced two more bags and the servant that had one bag went and buried it and he just had the bag and i think that's what what you know earning interest on money what those people did they were earning more money on that money if you think about it there's no there's no end date there. There's no, that is something that's constantly being done. Earn, earn more interest on that investment. Well, the investment that we've been given is eternal life. The, the investment that we've been given is a life with Christ. And just like that servant told those first two, I mean, just like that master told those first two servants, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul said, what he longed for was to hear those words from God. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That is not a that is not a point in time. We don't know when that point in time is, so we need to be investing for the kingdom 
until God returns or till he calls us home. That that's the win. Yeah. It's not a point in time. I guess it is. It's a point in time that we don't know when that is. But so many times we want to put time limits on things. Yeah. I don't know if that's making any sense or not. <laughs> I think it does. Another question. How might you apply the run to win philosophy to your running? Of course, I always have the I always have a race I'm targeting almost almost always. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, like right now, I'm preparing for a race that I'm I'll have in December. I mean, that's several months away still. And but I'm that that's in the front of my mind. And sure. so I'm always thinking about that when I go out to run every day. What what am I doing today that's going to help me with that that to win, which a win there might be finishing in the top ten in my age group, you know, because it's a super competitive race and that might be winning. Well, I'm targeting running as fast as I can on that particular day. Um and that's that's how I apply the run to win philosophy is what what's what's the win look like and then what do I have to do today to get me there. What do you think is more important? You talk about processes and goals. Yeah. Which is more important? I think the process is more important myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you said yourself because yeah. I think it's different for everybody. I think it is. You know, yeah. I've 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 now I've read a book that talks about goals and it really doesn't talk about processes and right now we're reading a book that talks about processes and it's kind of discounting the goals and i think there's been bukus of money made through the years from different people talking from different points of view but i don't think either one of them's wrong i think they're both right yeah i think you and i are very driven by processes Mm -hmm. but there's some people that the goal is the end thing yeah. that's that's what they're focused on that's what they have hanging up on their mirror and um but you know i don't have i don't have the goal hanging on my mirror when when i'm running for a race i have the training plan hanging up on my mirror yeah it's a very different thing yeah one's the process one's the goal yeah i focus on the process i think so do you but so i think you need to understand what what drives you the most yeah. is it processes or is it the end goal um, and whichever one it is, focus on that one because that'll help propel sure. you. Sure, yeah. yeah, motivates you. Yeah, that's a good point. Last question: How can we avoid the temptation to focus on the prizes that the world says we should pursue? I think this is where it gets hard. Um, you know, the world is built around short-term rewards for the things that we do that's just the way the world is built it's why businesses today make some some crazy decisions because they're focused on pleasing the stockholder stockholders at the end of the next quarter instead of worrying about a sustainable business that's going to last for the next 5 10 15 30 50 years mm-hmm. and um we're just that's what the world does is it it rewards those 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 things where we get a dopamine hit from whatever that thing is that we're doing and sometimes those things are not good things to pursue Mm -hmm. um you know the alcoholic is pursuing that dopamine hit from taking that drink well that's not a good thing so you got to be careful what your what your 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 thing is that that you're that you're looking at and um the way I think we avoid the temptation, as the question says, um, is by making sure that the prize that we're shooting for is the right one, mm-hmm. which is 
that crown mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about in this other verse, right? Because um, I, Romans twelve two, you know, it, it talks about renewing our mind. If we're always renewing our mind, if we're always changing our focus back to where it should be, then we, we should be we should be in good shape. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the world is going to pull us away from that, and so we've got to always be coming back and renewing our mind to get back to that place. Because if we don't, we're going to get off target. We're going to and we're going to be aiming toward what the world wants us to aim for instead of what God wants us to aim for. Yeah, I think simply put, the, when you when you're constantly chasing the things of the world, you're constantly empty. You know, winning that thing, getting that title, doing all those things. While those may be great, they don't fill you. But yeah. society says this is the thing. Yeah. Do this and you'll be satisfied. It's just not true. Yeah. You can make all the money you want. You can have all the status you want. You can have all the fame and you want all the fame that you want. I'm thinking right now of, of Deion Sanders. We were just talking about him. He's mm-hmm. kind of in the news right now. But w- one of the sermons that I listened to of his, he talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the '90s or whenever it was, he had everything. You know, he was playing in an NFL game on uh, Sunday, and he was playing in a Major League Baseball game on Saturday. He had everything, the cars, the money, the girls, everything. And he said he constantly felt empty Yeah. until he fell in Christ. Yeah. And now he still has a lot, Yeah. but he's fulfilled. But it's not because of the thing that society says. It's because of Christ. That There is a God-sized hole in everybody on the planet. Mm-hmm. Money, sex, drugs, fame, status, none of that will fill that. There's only one thing that will fill that, and it's Christ. And if you're out there right now and you're thinking, man, I've got that feeling, go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God and check out the four videos that we got on that page, and and we'll show you how to fill that God-sized hole because once you do it, it can't be explained. Yeah, that that is a fulfillment. That yes, you're going to have bad days. Yes, you're still going to have struggles. Yes, you're still going to get mad. Yes, you're, but you won't have that emptiness anymore. Yeah, you know, here's what I think that we should be striving for, and I pray for this regularly. I pray that the endorphins, the dopamine hit that I get from hearing a God story. Mm-hmm. is bigger than anything else, sure. right? And that I'm, I'm taking part in those stories. An example, I won three state championships when I was in high school. When I think back to that, does it, does it bring out some good feelings? Well, sure it does. I'm really proud of that. It was a really big deal at the time. And it's a, it's a great thing to think back on. But you know what gets me going even more? Is when my son was saved on my front mm-hmm. porch. You know, the, the, when the spiritual things bring out a deeper and better feeling than the worldly things, that's where I want to be, where the dopamine I get from the, that spiritual thing is, is more. It's funny you say that. I had, had the same exact thing happen yesterday. I mean, I look back at it, at my athlete. I, I say career. I shouldn't say career. It was no career. My athletic journey and probably the pinnacle was finishing my first Ironman. It wasn't fast, but it was a finish, which was a big thing for mm-hmm. me. And I, I remember how overwhelmed I was. But there are times in your spiritual life 
that you can become just as overwhelmed. And one of those times for me was yesterday. I went to a um, sister church down the road. My my first cousin's daughter was getting baptized. And so Holly and I, we went to Sunday school at our church, and then we went down there. And she was the first one. There was, I think, nine people getting baptized. And this is – they do it a little different than our church. They've got the praise band singing, and you're just watching the baptism. The, they're, they're praying with the people, but – it's not it's not something like my church where it's all about the baptism and they're talking it's there's a lot of stuff going on but you're watching the baptism and so she was the first one and i mean that was that was incredible mm-hmm. but the one that got me the most is the very last one this man walked out he was in his mid 80s mm. very frail probably didn't weigh 90 pounds he was Oriental. I don't know if he's Japanese or Chinese. And it didn't appear that he knew English because mm-hmm. they had a translator there talking to him. But this is one of those where you had to walk up the stairs and step over into the tub. You've seen those the mobile baptistries they have nowadays that they'll roll out and, yeah. and roll back. And he couldn't, he couldn't step over. to. They had to pick him up and put him in. Mm. And as soon as they sat him down in the water, you could tell he was frail. He's probably hurting. I mean, because they were yeah. twisting and <laughs> shaking him. And but he sat down in that water, and I saw the pastor lean down, and he was praying with him. And this guy kept his eyes open, and it was he, he was. I don't know how to explain it. He was so excited. Wow, so excited. And I remember thinking, I mean, that just. The, the feeling that I had at my first Ironman was the feeling I had right there. It yeah. was the dopamine and the endorphins and everything yeah. just consumed me. And then the, and then he couldn't get out of the baptistry once they baptized him. And a guy in a suit and tie, he just walked up and reached in the water and, and picked this guy up. And that's just, man, it was an incredible picture of what everything we do is all about. Yeah. It's all about that moment. It's the reason we have the Peace With God yeah. page. It's the reason that we do all this running and walking and wear these goofy-looking shirts, it's for those moments. Amen. Because that's where everything that we do, everything that God has given us a front-row seat to, it's for that. And it's to see people come to the saving grace of Christ. And when you can get to that point, when you can have a front-row seat to that, whether I I didn't do anything yesterday, but God allowed me to have a front-row seat to see that and to put that stirring of emotion in my heart to let me know mitchell this is what it's all about yeah it's not about all the other stuff that's just a means to an end in the end is that 80 something year old oriental man that didn't speak a lick of english it appeared but to see the face that he had the look he had on his face was universal wow and it was christ that's awesome Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. 
You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a walk through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. We are back, and there is a documentary out there that I have not seen, but I want to see. It's called 26.2 to Life, and there's this club at San Quentin Prison. It's called the 1,000 Mile Club, and the goal is for these inmates to run 1,000 miles while they're in prison, many of them never having run before. Um, They also have a marathon inside the walls of the prison. Um, it's 105 laps and that those laps are like across concrete and grass and gravel and it's just a weird kind of lap but 105 laps um, they have guards around if if the uh there, there's an alarm that sounds occasionally and when the alarm sounds in san quentin everybody has to get down on the ground that's the hmm. that's the rule when that alarm sounds get down on the ground and um and so that may happen during the marathon, and they have to get down on the ground until until the all clear is given. So um, it's really inspiring to know that some of these guys are are doing something like this. It reminds me of of the Run for God stories and the the changed lives that we've seen. I can't mm-hmm. imagine how this has changed, and it has changed some people's lives. There's a guy named Frank Ruona. Um, he's been the coach there for a number of years. Uh, he even during COVID when they he couldn't go into the the prisons. He was still corresponding with the inmates, and I think you had to do that through written letter. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only way to correspond with an inmate. And so, but he was still checking up on all of them during that time, mm. um, just to make sure they were okay. Um, and then I saw an article about a guy named Markel Taylor. He was a participant at one time, um, and is now be he's back to being a me- uh, a mentor for others. Uh, and this is what a, a, an article said. It said it said it running provided him with a sense of purpose, discipline, and a way to channel his energy positively. Through countless miles on the prison track, Taylor found solace and a renewed sense of hope for a better future. Um, I, I, we talk all the time about how running for God changes lives, and um, running in general just has this ability to change the way people look at things. And it's so cool to see. I don't know. There, There is a little bit of a faithful connection here but not fully and um because I, I think i remember reading here that the the leaders in here are christian but it's not really a christian program mm-hmm. but it's a really cool program that where they use running um to to help these inmates that's a pretty cool story you know i, I i'm not gonna say a lot but quite a bit through the years um We'll get the mail and we'll see a handwritten letter. And we know every time what it is. It's yeah. an inmate from somewhere who's learned about Run for God and they've written us a letter asking, could we send them books and resources? And we always do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it would be neat to to follow back up with those people. I don't, yeah. I don't think that we ever have. We, we send them everything that they ask for. Yeah. No charge. Um, but yeah, we, we've seen that quite a bit through the years because we've, we've talked on here before about 
you know, a lot of people, a lot of times people are in prison and addiction is part of that story and how if you can take that commitment that you had to whatever got you in prison, you, a lot of times that can translate right over to the yeah. sport of running. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, it's funny when you said the handwritten letters, it's, we, we've seen that quite a bit through the years yeah because yeah. that's if you see a handwritten letter nowadays that's who it's from you yep. just don't see handwritten don't see envelopes otherwise. anymore yeah. yeah so the documentary is called 26.2 to life is it on like netflix i don't know i don't know okay. um i should have looked that up before i i came here but i didn't but i, I i'm gonna find it um Okay, it's time for Dean's Thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. We went for a rafting trip um, with the youth from our church recently, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and so this one is called A Guided Lesson on the River. I went on a rafting trip recently with a group from our church. We traveled to the put-in area with a full busload of rafters. We had nine boats in our flotilla. Each boat had a different guide. As soon as we disembarked from the bus and staged our boats near the start, each of the guides took time to tell their riders the rules and instructions for the ride. I saw other groups in their boats practicing their strokes and their many commands. We never got in the boat. Our guide was finished with his instructions in about two minutes, while the others went on for ten. Guess which boat finished first? We did. Our guide gave us three commands. Forward, back, and stop. That was it. All the other guides were practicing two strokes at a time, leaning in their boats, and all manner of moves meant to get them down the river together. Those other guides did a lot of things our guide eschewed. But our guide had something the others didn't have, experience. You see, our guide had 38 years of experience on the Okoe River. And what he had learned was that there were a few things that mattered, and as long as you kept it simple, everything would go great. And it did. And we did a couple of things I'd never done before on our trip. I noticed the other boats didn't do those things. Our guide had boiled things down to the simplest terms. Running is simple. Walking is simple, but we tend to make it complicated. I don't know why the young guides thought it was a good idea to over-explain and complicate things, but it may have been that they want to feel like what they're doing is more complex than it is. We do the same thing with our running. We worry about having the perfect diet before every run. We worry about the shoes we wear, the clothes we wear, the watch, the exact pace we run, and whether or not we've had enough water to drink. It's not bad to worry about those things, but we must keep them secondary to the main task. Here's a novel idea. Just run. That's it. Stop making it so complicated. I feel like I'm a lot like our river guide. I have many years of experience, and I've boiled it down to a simple formula. Run lots of miles at different speeds and distances, fuel well, including hydration, and get some rest. That's it. It's that simple. I have always said a good running plan can be as simple as this. Run hard twice a week, long once a week, and fill in easy runs around those two or three days. It's a little more complicated, but I think everything else is icing on the cake. If you get the cake right, you'll be pretty happy. Our faith is very similar. We are sinners. Jesus died for the payment of those sins. If we believe that and accept him as our Lord and Savior, we will spend eternity with him. That's pretty simple. 
But just like running is hard, even though it is simple, it is not always easy to live a faith-filled Christian life. But if you keep the basics in front of your mind, the other things will fall in place. We had some tense moments going through some of those class four rapids. I nearly fell out of the boat twice. It wasn't the easiest thing I've ever done, but it was fun. Why? Our guide made things simple enough that we could focus on what was important. In our running, we should focus on getting these workouts in and not worry about all the other things that can complicate our running journey. And of course, if we simply focus on modeling Jesus' behavior, it may not always be easy, but it will be worth it. Dean, I'm always amazed at how these go with the story. I know, right? We just talked about keeping things so simple, and this just goes a great, great story again, Dean. Yeah, yeah. This was such a special trip because the last time – it's been many years since I went down the Ocoee, and the last time I went down, it was with the group of people that my mother worked with. So my mother was actually in the boat the last time (laughs) I went. Uh, And so it it was a cool thing to think about that trip while we were putting the boat in the water um anyway i got a chance to talk with this guide on the on the the bus ride back mm-hmm. he sat right behind me and and so we we were taught simple guy which, mm-hmm. which you would probably figure that mm-hmm. he would be um but he was he was really nice but th- this is so true we, we so want to complicate everything that we do um and again, there's nothing wrong with all those ancillary thoughts and all the things. We do need to worry about a little bit about whether or not we're hydrated. But in the moment while we go out to run, there's no point in worrying about it. Because at this point, it, it, there's nothing you can do. You can't go back 12 hours ago and, and travel back in time and go and drink some more water and then come back to where you are now and be running. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work that way. But we so get so worked up about it. And I'm convinced that that's why a lot of people don't reach their potential is because they're just complicating things and they're making things out to be a lot harder than they are. Well, how many times do we kind of deal with this with people in, in Run Club and the Run for God ministry? Because our training plans are basically what you said. It's mm-hmm. run hard a couple times a week, run long one time a week, and do some other runs. Doing that, we've said that that our training plans could get somebody to a sub three yeah you know sub three hour marathon which is faster than probably 90 percent of runners on the planet at least so yeah but we've had people through the years who have kind of and i know you get these emails probably more so than i do and it's like okay dean I, i know what the book says but i need the secrets here yeah and you ask the questions Okay, are you doing every one of the workouts as prescribed? Well, no. What? <laughs> you you, you got to do the simple things. For, but one, so many times we want to skip over the simple things yep. and make it complicated. And so many people, it just drives them crazy that what we do here is simple. Yeah. And that because they think it needs to be more. Complication makes it better. Yeah. How did that lie ever get started? Yeah, I don't know. Because it's in every, fa- I mean, it's, it's in finances nowadays. Yep. It's in training. It's in church. Yep. You know, if you're not, if you're not doing a 52 week, you know, Beth Moore study and, and, and with a side of revelation commentary, you're not a good Christian. Yeah. Baloney. Yeah. Baloney. I mean, it's, it's, it's just not true. Keep it's it simple. Really simple. And you're you're 
way more likely to have success if you keep it simple. So yeah. thanks for this story. That's a, it's just a good reminder. Yeah. I was thinking about the movie. You ever seen the movie Soylent Green? It, it was a movie that, that came out in the 70s, Charlton Heston. and Dean, I was born in 78. Yeah, I know. So. I remember. But, but you can still watch <laughs> movies that were before then. Well, not really. So <laughs> Anyway. Chariots of Fire, that's probably the only movie I've ever watched from before I was born. Uh, that wasn't before you were born. That was in the 80s, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, then I probably haven't watched a movie before I was born. It was set before I was I born. I still watch movies that were that went out before I was born. But anyway, Soylent Green was about this. It's about there, there was a food shortage. The world was overcrowded. It was a futuristic movie and um, ap- apocalyptic, apocalyptic in some ways. But anyway, the food, Soylent Green was a food. And their foods then were just called something red, something yellow. They were just basic foods. But the the, the thought was is that Soylent Green had all the nutrients you needed. The yellow one had all the nutrients you needed. The red one had all the nutrients you needed. But they tasted a little bit different one to another. But they basically all had the same ingredients, so to speak, um, the same nutrition level. And so I thought about this from, from a standpoint of training. You could eat one of those, you could eat the red stuff every single day and you'd be fine because it's all the nutrition you need. But we can't, we won't do that as people because we want to complicate it and we want to, we want different tastes because, well, that can't possibly be as good, but, but it is, it's everything you need. And a training plan doesn't have to have every single possible type of workout and permutation of of those workouts you possibly can Mm -hmm. uh, just some basic workouts some basic running some basic put one foot in front of the other is all you need and if you'll do that consistently then you'll you'll have all you need right simple yeah it's i don't don't know why i'm thinking about this and i think you'll relate to it but i run sound at church i think you Mm -hmm. run the sound at your church and I have people come up to me all the time. You know, everybody in the church is an expert on music, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and because they tell you they are. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But people will come up and they'll say, you know, we have a harmonica. We have a bass guitar. We have an electric guitar. We have an acoustic. We have some praise singers. We have drums. Everybody has, they want to hear their their thing that they like. So people will come and they'll say, boost that harmonica a little bit. You know, boost that bass guitar a little bit. Yeah. Turn those drums down a little bit. And <laughs> but what I've learned through the years, yes, it's it's you need to have just enough harmonica. You need to have just enough bass. But if you've got that lead, whether it's the keyboard or it's the acoustic and the vocals, the more simple you keep it, the better it sounds. Yeah. But if you tried to boost everything, it just sounds like noise. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm bringing that up, but it it, no, but it, it, it reminds me that sometimes simple is better. Just yeah. keep it simple. Yep. Period. That's it. That's the theme of this podcast. Keep, keep it, it simple. simple. You know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on? Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radioactive station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com.
every week. I share a reason why running or walking is so awesome. And here's the reason this week. Carbs don't matter as much. You're right? going to get emails on that. I probably will. <laughs> but, you know, not you're right, though. You're burning more calories as a sure. runner. And so you really need more carbs to be more active. Now, I'm not saying you need to overdo it and go crazy and eat all sorts of stuff that's bad for you. But carbs are what provide energy for us mm -hmm. when we run. And so it's important to have enough carb carbohydrates. If you don't, um, you're going to have some trouble with the, your energy level. And so um, the best foods that, that I have found, the ones that people really like typically are high in carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And you can afford to eat a little bit more carbohydrates sure. than the average person can, the sedentary person can. So that's why running or walking is so awesome this week. <laughs> well, have you heard about these new Adidas running shoes? I know that you're not into the whole shoe thing, but they got these new Adidas racing shoes, and they're called the uh, the Adazero Adios Pro Evo, Pro Evo 1. They only weigh 138 grams, which is less than five ounces. And when you look at them, they're super bulky. They're huge. They're like the the Nike shoes with the big thick soles on them. Mm -hmm. um, but somehow or another, they have packed f less than five ounces into those. It's incredible that they can, that they can do that. Um, but these are new shoes. That the debut was supposed to be in the Berlin Marathon this weekend. I don't know how the shoe performed in that marathon. Um, I do know that one of the Perez Gip Jep Cheer Cheer was one of the ones that was going to wear them, and she's one of the best female um, marathoners in the world. She, I don't know if she didn't finish, but she wasn't in the top 10. I looked at the results. She wasn't in the top 10. So um, I don't know what happened there with her, but she was supposed to have worn this shoe uh, this past weekend. Um, but I, I don't remember just a couple, three or four shoes that weighed less than five ounces in all the years that I've been running. And so it, they're, they're incredibly light and they're supposed to have that, that rebound that, you know, the new racing shoes have. It's amazing how the technology in shoes are, even the ones I wear, I wear the jail Nimbus and for, I don't know, 10 years, I wore the same shoe. I, it was the jail blur and then it, they did away with that. So I went to the jail Nimbus and it's been the same shoe for years and years and years, but I went and bought me two new pair a couple months ago it didn't even look like the same shoe you know yeah. it's got the thicker i'm i'm an inch taller wearing yeah. those than i was in previous yeah. ones it's because they have the all that foam now but yet they're still lighter yeah which is just crazy how they're yeah they're building something substantial enough out of less material yeah that's seemingly more bulky than the previous version yeah and yeah. Um, it's crazy well here's the kick here's the kicker on this particular shoe the price tag Oh, I can only. Oh, yeah, I see it there now. Five hundred dollars for a pair, uh, a pair of shoes that weigh less than five ounces. I just, I can't get <laughs> yeah. over that. And the price goes up on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot get over that. There is no way that you have that much material, <laughs> you no. know, in there. Now. Um, they also have another shoe It's that's actually breaking the rules. You know, you're only supposed to have a certain stack height, and mm -hmm. these shoes are above that stack height, so they're illegal in, like, professional competitions. Um, but they have one of those, too. They even have a purposefully illegal shoe, and it's it's $300. Um, but it, it weighs, like, 8 ounces. It's a, it's a fairly heavy shoe. That is a them. genius marketing ploy because you know every age grouper in the country right. is like <laughs> – 
these are illegal. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm buying them. Yep. <laughs> 300 bucks a pop. Yep. Yep. But I, 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 I don't blame them. I can't say a whole lot. I, I have a pair of $275 <laughs> racing shoes. So I, I can't say too much. But even at, at 275 you know, I, I, I had a hard time spending yeah. that much money. Uh, I didn't spend quite that much on them, but that's what the list price is on them. Yeah. And um, the, the idea that there's a pair of shoes that cost twice that is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Well, you know, um, I always like to look for these stories, and this was this this um, this story came out of uh, Athletics Weekly, and I had never heard of it before. Last week we had this, uh, apparently it's a European publication. Last week it came out of the story I shared came out of Canadian running. We have a ton of running publications. I'm I'm amazed that You're there's so cultured. many out there. That's pretty cool. Um, and I think this is interesting for another reason. You know, Adidas started this. A lot of people don't realize Adidas was the one that started the super shoe push because everybody thinks it was the Nike shoes, mm-hmm. the sub two hour Enios thing. They think that's where the the first super shoe came from. But the first super shoe was an Adidas shoe. The Boost, I think it was called the Boost Foam mm-hmm. then. And Blaine I think that, that was the first one yeah. that, that where they showed that the professionals had a, a marked increase in performance. And so um, I, I think that's where it started. So it's interesting to watch it go from there. And then Nike was the big thing, and now it's back. Maybe, maybe, we don't know. This is new, so we don't know. But maybe it's back to Adidas now. Um, that's, it, it, that's, that's cool to go back and see that. I do have a pair of the Super Spikes. I don't know how much of a difference spikes make versus the road racing shoe. I, I tend to think they can't possibly make as much of a difference. Um, but I have a pair of the Adidas ones, and I've only run a couple of races in them, and I, they weren't. There were reasons I didn't have good days those days, and so um, I'm looking forward to being really good and fit and running in those and seeing how they do, see if they make a difference. Talking about the Berlin Marathon, where these shoes debuted, Elliot Kipchoge back to his winning ways mm-hmm. he won the berlin marathon this weekend um he went out in world record pace uh for the first half and uh faded a little bit in the second half but still ran really fast still ran under 203 and elliot kipchoge now owns five of the 10 fastest marathon times in history that's incredible isn't that unbelievable that is just crazy um but that wasn't even the big story of this weekend a lady by the name of Tigist Asefa, she's an Ethiopian. She ran her debut marathon last year, and I think she ran like 214 or 215. She ran really fast. And um, she ran 211.53. She broke the world record by over two minutes. Um, that's a 502 pace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you're, if you're female and you can run a sub five minute mile, you can you can get a a, a division one college scholarship for running one mile under five minutes. She's doing it for twenty six point two in a row. <laughs> I mean, isn't that incredible? Yeah. God, I just I just can't imagine. And she destroyed the field. the The second place runner ran two seventeen, six minutes behind her. Wow, crazy. So uh, yeah, congratulations to Tigas Decepa. Sounds like we've got the next. Elliot Kipchoge, um, right there. 
So she's got two of the top ten women's times now. <laughs> so maybe she'll get to five like like Kipchoge. Well, last last thing I want to talk about. This is this is kind of controversial. I, I figure if you're listening this far into the podcast, it's probably okay to discuss more controversial things because you're, you're you're hardcore now. <laughs> so, and so I wanted to, to think about this. You know, uh, we've been watching the track meets have been really good this year, and as we've watched Sharika Jackson and Shelly Ann Frazier Price and um, um, what what's her name from uh, the American. Um, she, um, Shikari Shikari Richardson are we watching all these ladies they're getting closer and closer to Flo Joe's uh, world records um, Flo Joe owns the 100 meter and the 200 meter world records um, been around for a long time obviously I was a Flo Joe fan because my dog's named after her uh, <laughs> But, you know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding her records. Um, You know, first of all, there's allegations of drug use, the people she was involved with. She rose from being a pretty good runner to the best in the world pretty, pretty fast. And then when she faded, she went away pretty quick. And then, of course, she passed away at an early age. And so all of that. And then when she set the 100 record, that was the weirdest thing. If you go back and you watch it, if you want to go, you can go find it, I think, on YouTube. Her world record race where even the announcers are talking about how she runs this crazy fast time, 10.49, and she gets through and they say, well, too bad it's not going to count as a world record because the wind was too high because everything they had done that day, the wind was too too hard. You know, if you have over two meters per second wind, it doesn't count as a record because the wind helps you. Mm-hmm. So it has to be under two point. Well, they had measured, like in the long jump, which was going that direction, they had measured it at five meters per, per second. So that's more than twice the legal limit. And it's in, in the sa- on the same track, going along the same way. Well, when she got through with the race, they looked, and officially it said the wind was 0.0. <laughs> the problem was at the beginning, the lady's um, hair, hair was blowing and their, their bibs were shaking from the wind. It was clearly windy. What happened was somebody either didn't do their job or something happened and nobody wanted to admit it, so they just said the wind was 0.0. And um, so there's that controversy surrounding her 100-meter world record. So so these ladies are getting close to the world record. So here's my question. The Jamaicans are the ones that are getting close. Do we want the Jamaicans to win? Us being Americans? Because do you want Flojo's records to go down because they're a little suspect? Or to, do would you want it to be a Jamaican? Or would you rather... They hold on for a little bit longer until an American can break them. I don't know. I, I like I like to see, I like to see records broken. Really, yeah. by whoever does it. Yeah. What What is sad is nowadays, every time a record is broken, there's always suspect. Yeah. That's, that's sad that we've gotten there. Of course, it sounds like it was that case back when Flojo did it too. Yeah. Um, there's so much cheating that has gone on in so many sports now that that's that's kind of the default posture of people as well they must have been doping well because I, I, I thought i thought I'm, I'm just gonna be transparent the girl that won the marathon this that, weekend it's the first thought i had was mine golly too. bum two minutes what was she doing yep mine too. Well, she might have been doing nothing other than just working hard that's right and so we need to give people the benefit of the doubt yeah but that's not our default posture it seems <laughs> no, nowadays. It's not. well flojo's record's been around since 1988 it is one of the oldest records on the book. But that brings us to today's trivia question. So, again, Flojo's record is very old, but it is not the oldest record on the books. Here's the trivia question. 
what is the oldest record in track and field that's still on the books? And if you know the answer to that, you can send that to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person, you'll win $20 off in the Run For God store. So that's an interesting, an int- and, and there'll be there'll be some controversy around that one too. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, all right. Let me leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It comes from Bill Phillips. He wrote the book Body for Life, which was a diet and exercise program kind of thing back in, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago. And he said, strive for progress, not perfection. So wise. Isn't it? It is. It really is. It would be. It goes along with everything we've talked about today. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? It'd be great if we had the ability to be perfect, but we don't. You remember back when uh, Spider was on here and talking about the plant-based diet? I think he was on episodes 13 and 14, if you want to go back and and hear about the plant-based diet that um, Dr. John Sillery um, has had. And he he talked about, well, if you can change one thing and be a little bit better, Mm -hmm. that's great. That's one thing. You know, and that's that's so true. We should get him back on for an update because that we do. that podcast I've heard from many people just out talking to people that they've listened to that podcast. There's there's several vegans in the run club now that they became vegan. I'm thinking of George right now. Yeah. Uh, became vegan after listening to that episode. So we better get Spider back in here and just get an update on his journey and does he think about anything differently now and all those kind of questions that well, I've asked him to come on here and, and talk about injuries. You know, yeah. he's a doctor. Sure. And so he's, he's really knowledgeable about injuries. So I, I thought about having him to, to talk about injuries. So maybe we could talk about that as well. Yeah, I can get an update. Yeah. Cool. It'd be good. 184 episodes, Dean. Wow. Great job. Man. Great job on the success of it so far. You're well, uh, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Couldn't do it without you. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it has been fun. Until next week now, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.